Thanks for listening to Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. We are reading through a book from the People's Bible Teaching Series called God's Providence. For information on purchasing the book from us, contact our church office or look on our website. You can also simply join us and enjoy the conversation. We're glad to have you listening either way. Without our God and his providing for us, we could never survive, not even for a second. The world and our lives would certainly come to ruin, and quickly. But our God has promised to provide for our needs, and he delivers on that promise every day and every second of our lives. Join us to grow in our understanding and in our thanks for God's providence. Welcome back to another episode of Most Certainly True Podcast. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman, and glad to to have you listening to another episode here. I'm here with my friend, Pastor Strong. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank uh, you. Awesome. Thank you, podcasters, for uh, sticking it out through. I hope you enjoyed your Easter break. Uh, Easter break was a little bit longer than even scheduled. Um, Pastor Strong might ask me what I was doing with my week, and then you'll find out why. But what were you doing with we're, your week we're glad last to, week? Oh, there you go. Way to uh, pick up on the cue. Well hey, done. I, I can pick up on cues Such all a, over we're, we're a well-oiled machine here. <laughs> I got to do jury duty last week, which was unexpected. Nice. It was a convenient Monday and Tuesday to do it, and that's when I was supposed to report. I wasn't planning on getting seated on the jury and <laughs> having a trial that lasted a week. So uh, that was interesting. First time I've ever I've ever been seated on a jury. So it was, a, it was definitely an experience. Well, thank you for doing your civic duty for yeah. our, our county. That's yeah, wonderful. You know, pleasure. in all my, my life, I have never, ever been summoned to jury duty. Never even been summoned. Never even been summoned. So don't let and, that get out. And totally you're willing cool. to put this on the internet, <laughs> huh? Sure, we got to restart. <laughs> Scratch that. We're, we're restarting. All right. Welcome to Most Certainly True Podcast. <laughs> we're glad to yeah, have you here. My wife thinks that's absurd because she's been <laughs> summoned any number of times, right? You know, probably less than a handful, actually. But, uh, but yeah, w- living in Las Vegas and now in Milwaukee, I've never, never been summoned. So it's all right. I don't know. Maybe my name just gets skipped over or something like that. Maybe I'm not registered. I don't know. Who knows? I'm not going to find out, though. If you're listening, please don't send my name out. I made a joke in the jury room about Big Brother listening, and then like that killed the conversation for about two minutes. Hey, nice and work. then I had to say, I don't really think that people are spying on us. So you could probably, and then people made jokes about, no, I really love the court system, and I think that Milwaukee <laughs> County is great. <laughs> uh, we'll find out just how widespread so. our podcast is when <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a summons next week. Yeah, like, that'll be good. Aaron Strong yeah. hasn't had a summons. I shouldn't have said my name. Now maybe, I'm maybe they are listening. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, anyways, let's change the subject. Okay. <laughs> I was noticing your socks, and I know we've had socks conversations before. Yeah. But as we were just waiting for the podcast, to, you know, dead time and whatever. Yes. Um, you have, have adoptions on there. Wiener dog you socks. Wiener dogs. Yeah. Those are fascinating. So, is there a reason behind them, or just kind of fun socks? Socks are boring in general, and I thought these were fun. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I'm wearing um, uh, Martin Luther socks today. I, I see that. Right. The the German here uh, ich ich kann nicht anders. Do I have to translate? I should probably translate. Do you want me to translate? <laughs> yes, you translate, please. Here, yeah, hold on, let me see. There's probably English on the other what? side, actually, but no, I want you to do German. That word 
Anders is really bulging because of it's on your ankle bone. <laughs> but ankle bone. here I stand, I can do no other. Very good. Is what it says. <laughs> Ruff, roughly. Roughly. Roughly translated. 500 years ago, yes. Yesterday, yesterday, so someday, it was yesterday. Um, on April eighteenth, um, Martin Luther s- stated those words as he was at the Diet of Worms, and uh, his the famous words as he stood firmly on his conscience and what he'd learned from Scripture, and he wasn't going to let the political and religious leaders of the day um, change his mind. And, uh, that was I don't know. Some people will, will. That's one of the highlights of the Luther history, right? Mm-hmm. Like the nailing of ninety five theses is a huge day, right? That was the big five hundred that right? we had, and now this is another huge moment in the Lutheran history as he's asked to retract his teachings and his writings and things like that, and he said, "No, it's it's faithful, it's accurate to God's word, and I'm going to keep on it." And from that moment on, he had to kind of hide for his for his life for a while. Yeah, we actually got to go to Worms on the Germany tour. I was blessed to be in Wittenberg on the on the 500th anniversary and then picked up some other Luther sites and and we went over um in into east into western Germany um which is where Worms is where he was called um and they've got a big dome they call it it's a big cathedral and it was an imperial okay. that means that was one of like the summer residences of of Charles V, and sure. so that was uh, that was a summons. You come to me, um, and that's why he was called there. And the imperial residence then would have been connected to the the big cathedral. Uh, that doesn't stand anymore, but they've got a um, a memorial in like it's in the park now next to the cathedral, <clears throat> and they actually have oversized bronze shoes that you can step into. Oh, yeah. And that, that's where Luther roughly was standing. And then um, just a little ways away, they've got a little mock-up where Emperor Charles V would have been um, and some plaques. And here's a cool, I, I forget exactly what the piece of artwork looked like, but it basically was, uh, um, it showed like the break in the church. Like when Luther refused to recant, this was the, this was another um, watershed moment for the splinter in the church for yeah. the, the fact that there was not going to be a reformation like Luther was was hoping for, but that but instead it was going to be a a splinter church now. Right. So just kind of cool. Yeah. And then a couple blocks from that spot um, is a, a pretty famous Luther statue, and it's got um, Luther in the middle, and then some of the other reformers. Um, are are in smaller places there and then on the gate around that square uh has all of the cities and villages in Germany that adopted the reformation and in the order that they okay. that they did so you can go around and see all of the um see how it's sort of spread and and uh, the support for Luther and and his standing yeah. on on the word of God really spread so that's really cool yeah, probably be even more fitting if I was wearing these Luther socks as I stepped into those bronze feet of yeah of Luther there too. Huh? It wasn't there because they didn't have a gift shop there, but I did purchase a pair of socks That's like awesome. that, which I noticed Pastor Hebner had preached in a, a pair of Here I Stand he socks. Did. We had yesterday. some some wonderful members who made a trip to Germany about the same time as you did for the 500th and came back and wanted to gift you know something to their pastor, so they brought a socks. That, that, oh, that's where those <laughs> come from. Okay. I actually, with a few of them, have compared pictures because they were in Wittenberg the same day. Yeah. And 
closest we could find was we were about 45 minutes away when we were in the the city square small world after all huh? (laughs) that's great kind of wild not that they would have recognized me or known what the future held for them and me but uh, just kind of wild to think on the other side of the globe we were in the the same place at the same time yeah for sure oh good stuff should we stand on uh god's providence i think we should well it's a good place to stand okay can stand no other if you came to this podcast to learn oodles and oodles about stoicism determinism fatalism epicureanism and deism you might be tuned into the wrong podcast because (laughs) uh our pre uh podcast meeting exposed the fact that we don't know a ton about either of those things we're not philosophers or or great students of philosophy (laughs) So I apologize. We like, we like microphones and like to talk into microphones. <laughs> I apologize to our professors and we think past who tried to teach us these things and probably did a wonderful job, but uh, I've not kept up on much we of it. We felt like maybe there was uh, some potential to set a record for shortest podcast. But then uh, we started talking about Sox and Luther, so yeah. <laughs> that went out the window. But... No, uh, this chapter talks about incorrect views about providence. And if you are curious about some of these these different philosophies, which I think do kind of work their way into our mindset even today, like Stoicism and Determinism, Fatalism, and Epicureanism, um, the, he has a couple of, of quick paragraphs on each here that you can, can read through. I don't know if it's, do we want to even attempt to summarize? Or should we just move on to the, the, the more pl- applicable ex- aspect of it? I think he did a good job. Of, I don't think we have to de- deal with them individually. Is it is it bad podcast form to tell people to check the Wikipedia page if they're if they're more interested? No, I mean no. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You could certainly research some of these things if you found that worthwhile. I don't think um, having an in depth study of Stoicism um, is really going to be a an exercise that has any spiritual virtue necessarily. No. I mean, if I had to summarize, I think he's got he has about six different philosophies here that he kind of summarizes really quickly. Yep, the, the, there are really two categories. One, you either believe that that everything is is predetermined and there's no no point in me even trying. Right, I just just life is what it is. I just have to accept it and, and go on with it and get as much out of it as I can. Um, which is kind of a mindset of a lot of people today that, hey, uh, I'm going to live life the best that I can and I'm going to make the most of it because this is all I got, right? Or the other end of it where um, where God does, where I do play some influence, but only, but I kind of partner with God, right? He does some, I do some, um, and, and those types of ideas too. So, I mean, it's interesting to look at these and realize, yeah, we, even though these are, are fairly old philosophies and ideas, they're not really all that different than a lot of ways people think about life today too. And how do I interact with God and what role do I play and how much does he play and does he play any at all? And is it all just kind of predetermined and I'm just along for the ride. So all those, those would fly in the face of everything we've talked about in this book already about how God actually does play a role. Um, very much a part, a part of a role in, in providing for us and caring for us and overseeing every aspect of our life. Um, but the way that he allows us to have opportunity to work, um, and have decisions and choices and, and how that all just interacts with God and his relationship with us. Right. Yeah, if I had to pick out like two of them, mm-hmm. I'd maybe sit that that might have the most impact today. Maybe I'd say fatalism is, is an idea that some people have today that um, 
it's all it's all predetermined and, and God knows and and decided what I'm going to say and do and where I'm going to work and what I'm going to eat and how my life is going to go and so I don't have to try I can just kind of check out and be a zombie or a robot um I did not know about the the role that the fates played I think I kind of knew they had some connection to the uh mythology in but I didn't realize that they were like even higher than the gods so if the fates allow um that's actually a, a being and actually um were had some power in that system which is interesting uh so I did learn that and, and then maybe the opposite end of that would be like deism where god creates the world but then checks out i know deism is maybe like the watchmaker god wine builds the the right. watch or the clock and winds it up and then leaves yep and it's all just created in a way that it's just going to go and god then god's the one then that checks out in fatalism i check out because god's controlling everything in deism god checks out um and and so i i think those are maybe two of the bigger or or more summaries like you had said uh if we're going to summarize these into two categories i would maybe put those on the tops of the lists of either side um a lot of the like founding fathers were deists um, where that was sort of their, they had some sort of connection to, they understood and believed there was a God who created things, but um, didn't really have an active relationship with him or, or feel like he had any type of impact or influence. Um, so uh, that was something that has shown itself uh, or maybe is a mindset that some people have. So Absolutely. Um, the last part of the, the chapter, he gets into how can we discern what God's will is. And right. I think that's more of a, an applicable, uh, applicable, I don't know why that was a hard word, applicable, um, piece of, of information for us to, to look at. So maybe we can dive into a little bit of that section. How do we determine what God's will is? And often I think that comes into play when I'm trying to make a decision in life, right? And, and yep. God, I need you to tell me what my decision ought to be right what career should i should i take this job or should i not should i move to this place or not um should i ask this this woman to marry me should i marry this guy or or not right and and so sometimes we have these these moments of life where well i wouldn't even i guess just say the big moments in decisions of life but just the day-to-day and sometimes we're like um god what do you want me to do right and just give me a sign um and and this section kind of looks at it and, and helps us understand how that really works and whether we should right. really be doing that. So does God have a will in every single choice that I make or not? Right. And I think it comes into play more frequently for greater number of people when it comes to big decisions. Uh, but there are some that will, you know, there's a spectrum, like a lot of things. Um, but there are certainly some that think that even the day-to-day stuff, God has a will. And, and that can be paralyzing. To think, man, God has a will between Burger King or McDonald's. What am I going to choose for dinner tonight? And right. that automatically sets up the falsehood that there's a right and a wrong. And if I choose the one that God didn't choose, now I'm sinning in a in a mundane and a decision that otherwise doesn't have any moral ramifications or implications. It's could be sinful just because I'm choosing the wrong thing. And how paralyzing that is that that to think that God has a will 
in those day-to-day decisions um, can really be something that's traumatic and not understanding the implications of how God gives us freedom to make choices and God will bless us through the choices that we make. Um, that can, that can be a bad thing if, or a difficult thing to, a challenge to, to work through when there's not clarity or understanding on how that works. Well, and I think maybe sometimes why we get in that mindset is, is not just because that, that's how we think God should act with us, but you have examples in the Bible of these kinds of things happening where you have like Gideon asking God for a sign, like make this fleece stay dry and the ground wet or flip it around. And so he asked for these signs. Um, you know, Isaiah was given signs from God about certain things and you see these on different occasions in the Bible. And so you think, well, God must still do that today, but nor does God promise those things. A lot of times he, he allowed them, he asked them, you know, let me give you a sign. Right. Right. Um, but God doesn't say that. Instead, he says, I'm going to talk to you through my word. And so we need to dive into God's word and just understand how he wants to interact with us and, and the role he plays with us and cares and provides for us. But then at the same time, I think the danger is, as you were kind of getting into, is not only is it is it overwhelming for us and maybe crippling in our decision-making, but when we don't find the answer from God, what happens is we sometimes start looking in an earthly way for signs and, and things like um, diving into horoscopes or astrology, right? Or going to uh, a tarot tarot card reader or someone who's going to be a fortune teller or those types of things. And God clearly has some things to say about, about those issues throughout his word. And he really tells us, uh, um, you know, don't seek answers from especially those in this life, in this world who pretend to know what's going on. Um, Find comfort, support, guidance through his word. Let his word direct and guide us. I remember listening to a presentation from, the now sainted uh, Professor Deutschlander. And he put in big, bold letters uh, in a few different places in this paper and, and presentation. It said, we can say nothing with certainty about the will of God except for what's revealed for us in Holy Scripture. And yeah. just like, that's the, I got to nail this point home. God speaks to us through his word and he makes no promises to speak to us in any other venue or format or way we we have no promises that he's going to whisper into our ear. We have no promises that he's going to send us some sort of influencing sign to to cause us to go in one direction or another. We have no promises that he's going to nudge us towards the the right choice and nudge us away from the wrong choice. We can say nothing about the will of God except for what he's revealed to us in scripture. And I whenever I this topic comes up, I get a, a picture of that paper with his sure. capital letter <laughs> sentence um, because that's just a, such a simple um, thing and, and it might seem like an obvious if, if you got that on a true and false test you'd say true and and move on to the next one without thinking but then you put it into the context of agonizing over a decision or um, you know what what should I do here or, or what spouse choice like you the, the list that you brought up before right um, and then, okay, so what is God's will in this choice? He probably hasn't told you. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> unless, he, unless he somehow uh, deep in, in the book of the prophets t- talked about where you were going to have dinner tonight, <laughs> uh, you probably can't say anything with certainty about what God's will is in, in this choice. Isn't that in the book of Hezekiah? <laughs> it might be. Yeah, might okay. be. That book doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Um, 
But I think he does a, a really nice job as he wraps up this chapter with, all right, so the question still is, though, well, then I guess I just don't ask God at all, right? So what role does he play? And no, we do still come to God. And and this is how and I think he makes, um, he has four steps from Scripture. I really like those four that steps. That really good. So I'm just going to read them off the page if that's all right. Please. Um, the four steps from Scripture are, number one, eliminate all options that are sinful according to God's word. So if, I mean, it's it's common sense. Is is my, my decisions, one of them sinful? If one is sinful, get that decision out of there. Yeah. Right? Should I be a pastor or a drug dealer? Well, God has a will in that decision, <laughs> right? Because right? wondering one of, if those were your choices for professions <laughs> in that was the, Those were those the two. Very quickly to you. Those were the two that rose <laughs> to the top and... <laughs> Well, I'm glad you eliminated the sinful option. Um, then number two, pray for guidance, right? So take it to the Lord in prayer um, that he would open up your mind and give you clarity and understanding and and uh, and confidence in those decisions. Yeah, I think it's worth just adding to that point. To say that God doesn't have a will in a choice that I make is not the same as saying God doesn't care about this. Right. Um, God certainly... St- cares about us and cares about all the decisions that we make but not every decision we make is right or wrong not every decision that we make is god's choosing one side and hoping uh beyond hope that we don't go the the one that secretly is not his will right so the prayer for guidance to the one who does still care about us and the decisions we make uh, is is rightly number two on this list. Yeah, and God tells us prayer is powerful and effective. So, I mean, you have those promises too. And then number three is seek advice from Christian friends. Um, that's one of the huge aspects about Christian friends is is they can help talk you through some of these things, maybe give you insights that maybe you weren't thinking about at, uh, as you're, you're contemplating these decisions. Um, and another group of people that can be praying for you and with you too as you go through that. Um, and then number four, use our natural decision-making process, which God has gifted us with, to evaluate which course of action would be the best, bringing the greatest glory to God and the greatest good to others and oneself. So using the minds God's given us to to make a decision at the end of the day that we are, are confident will bring glory to God and, and glory to others and serve other people. And at the end of the day, if we're faced with, with two decisions that can both be God-pleasing— I think God will work through our decisions as he has promised uh, for the good of his kingdom. Right. In our profession, this topic always comes back to when a pastor is holding two divine calls. Sure. Um, Does God have a will where I should serve? And we really have to say, no, God has put two good choices before us. And he promises to bless if we continue to be a pastor in Alaska or come be a pastor in Milwaukee or... Uh, when you held the call here and your call in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Would God have blessed you if you would have returned this call and, and stayed in Vegas? Probably. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and uh, because it wasn't secretly, he's got a will, and he's really hoping that you choose Milwaukee because that's really the one he wants you to. Yeah, right. That's not, that's not right. Um, and so even um, just being careful about what role does God play did you spend a lot of time praying when you had the call? I did, yeah. Yeah, and, and I did too. And uh, seeking advice from, from Christian people and yeah. loved ones and then trying to make a decision that will bring God glory and be in the best interests of of his kingdom and family and friends. Um, but how paralyzing it would be to, oh, I got this call packet, and I know up in heaven God secretly knows where I'm supposed to be, and now I just have to do the challenging thing of jumping into God's mind 
and and figuring out somehow where he really wants me to be. Well, right. That's not. Um, God doesn't lead me to the right choice because it's the one that he has determined for me. Um, God gives me peace in making a decision, and, and part of that peace comes from knowing that there isn't a wrong one. Um, yeah. Decision-making. I was. I, I thought maybe there would be more that I would say, but that's that's it. What should, do you have to add to that? Should we decide? Is it God's will that we end the podcast? I don't right know. Now? We should figure out what God's will is in this regard. He may this, want us to talk longer. This, this could take a while. This could take a long time. What do you think? <laughs> this is. I'm thinking this is a really bad way to end this podcast. <laughs> no, this is great. <laughs> we got to decide if God wants us to end right now. Maybe we should have our listeners fill out a poll and tell us how long they listened to this. Because <laughs> <laughs> we might have lost them in the first minute about we, socks. We could. <laughs> That, that is true. We didn't really start strong, so why should we end strong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless you for listening to this stuff. We can be uh, kind of silly sometimes. and You listeners are great. Uh, and certainly about that we can say this, this is, is most, most certainly, certainly true. true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again sometime soon.